Wake up, America. It's Morning Air with John Morales. Si, senor. Sarah Tafoya. Mama. That's right. This is my mom. And Glenn Leverins. This is Morning Air. On Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. It's Friday, December 15th. Good morning and welcome back to our number two of Morning Air. Happy Friday. I'm John Morales. Glenn Leverance is taking the day off. Our thanks to Neil Robbins for filling in. Studio producer Sarah Tafoya is present and accounted for this morning. Thank you for making us a part of your morning wherever you may be across America and beyond here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. It is a joy and it's always a privilege to be with you and here this morning with only 10 days left until Christmas. Can you believe it? So let me ask you a question. Are you in the Christmas spirit? Get into the Christmas spirit if for whatever reason you're not with Advent Carols and Comfort of Joy from Relevant Radio featuring the incredible talent of three young choirs. Take uh, the musical journey to Christmas and even travel through a brief history of carols with our free daily videos. Get all of these beautiful, joyful carols every single day of what's left of Advent. You can sign up this morning at relevantradio.com slash carols. That's relevantradio.com slash carols. And I, one other a little reminder for you, if you go to the Relevant Radio app or uh, relevantradio.com website, uh, you will find literally hours and hours of beautiful carols and hymns, real, authentic Christmas music, secular and traditional to get you really in the Christmas spirit, to get you ready for Christmas. So look for the Christmas in Song banner available now on the Relevant Radio app and at Relevant RelevantRadio.com. Sarah, you look like you are ready for Christmas. I, I, I chuckled as uh, Neil mentioned that today is ugly uh, Christmas sweater day. How dare you? My sweater is not ugly. No, no, no. It's John, not. No, no, but no, 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 no. I, I did not infer that yours is ugly, <laughs> but it's just kind of funny to No, to it is an ugly it. sweater. It's, it's fine. It's sweater. fine. It is an ugly sweater. It's supposed to be that way. It's a Ninja Turtle uh, ugly sweater. And you know what? You got to embrace it. It's a huge trend. And there's so many fun designs. It's like ridiculous not to have an ugly sweater at this point. So yeah, no, I'm embracing it. I'm wearing it today and it is ugly sweater day. So I'm um, thank you for noticing. All right. Uh, I'm wearing my ND Fighting Irish uh, hoodie here this morning on Casual Friday. Uh, we're going to be all decked out tonight for the big Relevant Radio Christmas party. Really looking forward to that one. Yeah, I'll definitely have to change. I'm not allowed to wear this. You know, you got to be a little bit fancy for the Christmas party. So I'll wear this now and then, yeah, we'll doll it up for later on. You'll be smiling, styling, and profiling. Well, we'll see, you know. <laughs> you can be the judge of that, I'm sure. Well, we're going to look our, our best because it's like a fun time to celebrate and be with everyone and um, you know, enjoy the atmosphere and we'll be doing that. But there's so many other things that you can do to prepare for Christmas, not just go to your Christmas party. Absolutely. And in fact, uh, we've been talking about it here this morning. Uh, Father Rocky did such a uh, wonderful uh, and encouraging job uh, recently during uh, the Join the Family Pledge Drive with that MP3 uh, in which Father Rocky uh, gave us uh, some... Uh, Practical advice on how to have a, a wonderful Christmas, 10 ways to prepare for the coming of Christ. And so we wanted to uh, share uh, just an excerpt uh, of uh, that MP3. Make a good and complete confession 
You don't have to go face to face. The priest doesn't have to know who you are. You can go behind a screen. But you do want to ask the Holy Spirit for that grace to tell all your sins, even if they're embarrassing. Right? Ask God for the grace to make a good confession, maybe even a general confession, because there's nothing better in the world than to be in the state of grace. And when we go to confession, we want to remember the three C's. It should be clear, complete, and concise. Oh, so you're not supposed to mumble? Okay, good. Make sure it's clear. And, you know, I like that part about... And concise. Yes, concise. I like that part about, um, you know, making sure that you get it all out there, even if it's embarrassing, because usually they are embarrassing. That's why we're hiding it. We don't want to... We're Just like Adam and Eve in the garden, they were embarrassed, they hid. So that's the hardest part. I don't care if you're behind the screen or not. It is embarrassing to say out loud the things we failed. It's hard to do that. And I hate to sound like a broken record, but I have been mentioning this uh, all throughout... Advent. If you do nothing else this Advent, try to get the confession so that uh, you can have a clean heart for uh, baby Jesus uh, and the coming of our Lord on a Christmas night. Uh, that's It's a beautiful thing. So the other, uh, just real quickly, uh, a couple of other suggestions that make a novena to the Immaculate Conception uh, that uh, was checked off, uh, did make it to the novena here uh, in the Chicago area. It was a beautiful thing. Uh, there's other novenas, the Our Lady Guadalupe novena, the St. Andrew's Novena, which I'm still persevering. That one is not easy, but uh, still uh, doing it day after day. Uh, he recommends uh, visiting the Blessed Sacrament every day. That's an easy one because I go to daily Mass. So, you know, it's always special uh, to visit our Lord. Uh, get a Christmas tree. Uh, it doesn't matter whether it's real or artificial. Uh, it's a beautiful thing. And then uh, the the uh, nativity scene or the crash of the manger, which we talked about extensively uh, yesterday, in fact, uh, with Father Kabiki. It's a beautiful thing. I'm so literally excited about uh, our uh, manger uh, scene out in front of our house. It's a relevant radio nativity scene. And so uh, we it got this little empty uh, crate uh, that had chocolates, and I'm using it uh, as, a, as a crib for baby Jesus. And one of our neighbors, uh, Sarah, uh, asked my wife, Where's baby Jesus? Yeah, I think she's wondering where those chocolates are, too. Did you leave them in there? Or did you have to eat all those chocolates? A crate? That's a huge amount of chocolate. Well, I'm, I'm going to have to drive by your house and see if there's any left over. But... Oh, it's a little crate. It's a little <laughs> Okay, one. it's a little crate. Oh, yeah, now yeah, he's trying yeah, to downsize. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's a penitential yeah, season. He didn't have all that chocolate. Okay, that's fine. Backtrack it. Um, well, I'm thinking about going back to that, that blessed sacrament, visiting it every day. If you go to daily mass, yes, that's an easy one. But if you don't, man, that is hard to squeeze in, trying to figure out in your daily schedule. How are you going to do that? I mean, I'm going to be honest, I'm not doing all of these things. It is hard to do it. So do what you can. And exactly. any little bit that you can do is a good way to you, prepare. You, Sometimes it's just, so right. I drove drove by the church and I made the sign of the cross. If that's all you can get in today, maybe you can get in more another day. So you just got to do what you can do. It's, it's all about the heart. Even if we just open the door, walk in, genuflect and say, hello, uh, Lord. Hello, Jesus. Uh, it, that's that's a beautiful thing. Uh, other suggestions from Father Rocky, send Christmas cards uh, and send Christmas stamps. I actually bought a whole roll of uh, the traditional Blessed Mo Mother, you know, Madonna and Child uh, U.S. Uh, uh, Postal Service Christmas stamps because I know how fast those things go. So I got them way weeks ago before Advent and uh, the Christmas card has yet to be shot. We usually shoot it in front of the Christmas tree. That will be happening later tonight in front of the tree. So yeah, you're running out. You got 10 days left. Oh, John, but so. remember the Christmas season again. Oh, is that you know, your fail safe? Okay. Yes, it lasts long much, much longer. It doesn't end on okay. Christmas Day. So, so we'll be expecting that Christmas card before the uh, baptism of Jesus. Yeah. Sing Christmas uh, carols. Uh, that's 
a, a beautiful thing. Uh, you know, listen, sing, practice. Uh, a great, great idea um, by uh, by Father Rocky. Yeah, and definitely uh, practice because uh, you yes, know yes. not every day you're trying to hit those high high notes. So <laughs> keep them in a different key if you can't have trouble with that. Oh, come all ye faithful. Yeah. I, practice I off air practice. too. Practice yes. on and yes, off yes, air. Is yes, good. yes, definitely. Listen to Christmas music on Relevant Radio, as I mentioned at the beginning. We have a ton of music. We have like hours and hours of beautiful, uplifting, authentic Christmas music, both secular and traditional. So uh, if you love Christmas music, you've come to the right place when you go to the Relevant Radio app or at relevantradio.com. Yeah, no matter where you look, there's Christmas music in every store and everything. It's everywhere. So, I mean, really, it's not hard to find Christmas music, but sometimes it's hard to meditate on the Christmas music and, and be listening to ones that aren't just about Santa and all I want is you. It's all I want is you, Jesus. So sometimes we got to, you know, search out those ones that kind of help us to focus. Exactly. And uh, the other two suggestions, real quick, uh, watch the Eucharistic Encounter videos, which are just fantastic. They are so well done with Father Rocky to remind us of what it's really all about. It's the same Jesus in the manger is Jesus in the Holy Eucharist. And then his final suggestion is to reach out to lonely people, the elderly, a family and friends, uh, maybe somebody lonely in your own parish. And so that is a beautiful uh, act of, of charity, uh, part of the, the works of mercy, which uh, all of us can do. And so just Food for thought, just a few ideas uh, from our very own Father Rocky uh, of ways to, to have a, a really beautiful uh, Christmas. Yeah, well, I would say when you're listening and watching those Eucharistic uh, encounter videos, those things inspire you to want to do some of these other things on the list. I mean, after you're watching that, I mean, it made me want to go, make sure I make time to see Jesus in the Eucharist. Make sure I have time to see those that I don't always see that might, you know, I didn't realize, hey, I've been neglecting a relationship there. So it's in, all these things kind of work together. So that's good. They sure do. So, and if you can't do them all, if you just do a few, every little bit helps. All right, Sarah, uh, we will uh, see you uh, styling tonight at the party. Well, you will, maybe not the listeners. We'll see what we can do. <laughs> all right. Thanks again. Thanks. Uh, and as always, we begin uh, every single hour here on the program, uh, giving thanks to our Lord for all the many blessings as we uh, continue to pray through the intercession of the Mother of God, our Blessed Mother Mary. And we continue to pray especially for peace in the Middle East and in Ukraine. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Our Lady of Guadalupe, patroness of the Americas, patroness of the unborn, and patroness of Relevant Radio, pray for us. St. Joseph, patron of the Universal Church, pray for us. St. John Paul II, co-patron of Relevant Radio, pray for us. And we always call on the Holy Spirit every morning when we pray, come Holy Spirit, come. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Let's uh, also remember the Sacred Heart of Jesus as well as the Passion and Death of our Lord Jesus Christ, something that we do every single Friday here on Morning Air. Our power scripture from the Playbook of Life this morning is from John 14, 6. Jesus the Lord says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. There's only one name and only one way to be saved. Go to the Father and have Christmas, that is our Lord Jesus Christ. 
Jesus is the only way to Christmas Day. That's what it's really all about, Christ's Mass. Jesus is the reason for the season. So let's make room for our Lord Jesus Christ in our hearts the rest of this Advent. We always pray with great confidence from the Chapel of Divine Mercy, Jesus, I trust in you. We need to take a, a short pause. When we come back on the other side, you will meet Kira Burke, a mother of five, the founder of Rory's Way, who will share her own personal experience with Trisomy 18 and tell us about the case of Kate Cox in Texas and uh, her preborn child who was diagnosed as well with Trisomy 18. Stay with us as Morning Air continues on this Friday here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Who feeds the reindeer all their hay? Who wraps the gifts and packs the sleigh? Who's helping Santa every day? Mrs. Santa Claus. And the countdown continues. Only 10 more days left until Christmas. I'm John Morales, along with, with Sarah. Glenn is off today. Thanks so much for tuning in. It's great to be with you on this Friday morning here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. You can email us directly. It's morningair at relevantradio.com. Now, are you familiar with the case of 31-year-old Dallas resident Kate Cox, who decided to head to another state to end the life of her baby, who at 20 weeks received a prenatal diagnosis of trisomy 18? Earlier this week, the Texas Supreme Court issued a seven-page opinion that rebuked a judge who authorized abortion in violation of uh, Texas state law. In the case, Kate Cox sued to have an abortion because... Uh, the pregnancy allegedly put her life and future fertility at risk. That's according to a Planned Parenthood abortion doctor. That is their perspective. Joining us live this morning is Kira Burke to give us uh, her uh, perspective on this case of Kate Cox in Texas and share her own personal experiences as a mother who was also given an adverse uh, prenatal diagnosis of trisomy 18. Let me tell you a little bit about Kira Burke. She's a mother of five, uh, including her son Rory, who was diagnosed with trisomy 18. She's the founder of Rory's Way for Expectant Mothers who learn of life-limiting conditions for their babies. Good morning, Kara. Uh, Welcome to Morning Air and Relevant Radio. Thank you so much uh, for joining us uh, this morning. Good morning, John. Thanks so much for having me on the show. Kara, before we talk about the uh, Texas case, can you explain for our listeners uh, who uh, may have heard of trisomy 18 but are not really familiar with what it is, what exactly is trisomy 18? Sure. So trisomy 18 is a chromosomal abnormality where um, there, there's the 18th chromosome that's affected. Um, there's like Down syndrome is trisomy 21. Um, Edward syndrome is trisomy 18, and then there's um, trisomy 13 as well. So it's a chromosomal abnormality that, that affects every cell in the body of the baby. And uh, in most cases, it, it's a life-limiting diagnosis. Life, uh, you know, the, most babies do not live for very long um, after birth, but there are exceptions. Some, some babies do live, you know, and have successful longer lives a lifespan such as Rick Santorum's daughter, Bella. I think she's probably 14 or 15 by now. So there are definitely exceptions. 
Well, I want to um, give out our phone number here uh, for the moments that uh, that Kira is with us. If you want to be part uh, of this conversation on this very uh, difficult issue for a lot of folks of Trisomy 18 with Kira Berg, uh, the founder of Rory's Way, uh, whose uh, son was diagnosed with Trisomy 18, our toll-free line is 888-914-9149, uh, 888-914-9149, sponsored by the Catholic Order of Foresters. Kira, can you... Uh, give us uh, your your take on the case of uh, Kate Cox, uh, this pregnant sure. woman in Texas uh, who has been in the news, especially in the mainstream media all over the place. Yeah, you know, it's in light of this case, this recent case with Kate Cox, it's very sad because the the whole spin and narrative that they're, they're, they're kind of pushing on this story can can totally be changed on the on the initial diagnosis that she received for her baby and options and a holistic viable option of let's com- let's with love and compassion let's care for you and your baby and 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 have a successful plan for the two of you and use a perinatal hospice program for you and your baby it's it's very sad the way that they the narrative of the whole story saying that this baby is threatening her life her health her future fertility um, you know, C-sections can be very dangerous. They spun this whole, you know, story, and it's it's very disheartening and very scary when mothers and, and fathers hear this, that their baby is going to be, you know, severely deformed, and they, they name the physical, you know, characteristics the baby is going to have, clubbed feet, a, a different shaped skull. So that, I think that has to change. The, the narrative of the story and the way a diagnosis is presented to a patient has to change. And that's kind of what, what we want to do at Rory's Way, kind of work with perinatal hospice programs and have another holistic, viable option for mothers, fathers, and their, and their babies. Well, um, uh, obviously, yeah. you know, uh, there's been a strong uh, reaction from both sides, uh, from mm-hmm. the uh, the pro-abortion, uh, from big abortion, Planned Parenthood and, and, and company. Also from the pro-life side, you know, Texas Right to Life argued that the, the real target of this lawsuit against Texas officials in, in the state's abortion law, uh, that it actually protects babies and mothers, uh, they see this lawsuit as a gateway uh, to allow babies to be aborted for Basically, just about any reason uh, they, they were making comparisons uh, to Roe v. Wade. Uh, y- your reaction? Yes, I, I do believe that's what they're doing. I think they're using Kate Cox's uh, Kate Cox's story, along with a, a handful of uh, a few other mothers that are going through the same thing, as to push this through to change the the uh, agenda for for this you know societal climate for abortion. It's going to after you know Roe Roe v. versus Dobbs, they're, they're going to change it to kind of get this snowball effect going to 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 bring those laws in to change it and that's what they're doing and I, they're using sadly and unfortunately i think that they're using kate cox as their scapegoat for this. Well, uh, fortunately, from a pro-life perspective, uh, the Texas Supreme Court uh, stopped it, uh, rebuked uh, the uh, the earlier judge. And, um, you know, they pointed out that Texas uh, law allows abortions when a pregnancy endangers a mother's wife or risks substantial impairment of a uh, major bodily function, such as fertility, uh, in a doctor's reasonable medical judgment, uh, which is an objective standard. And that was just not the case uh, uh, with uh, uh, Miss Cox's pregnancy, uh, for her it was just really what she felt. It was just it was not objective. Right. I I, I do believe that they're 
they're using her case to push this through and to get other mothers on board. There's other mothers that are going to be filing lawsuits in different various states um, throughout the country to kind of push the same the same issue for what Kate Cox is going through. We want to, you know, Rory's Way wants to get in front of every doctor and build relationships with doctors and hospitals as well as patients, gain exposure for mothers and fathers. And there's several, we're lucky as Americans, there's several uh, various perinatal hospice programs throughout the country. And after, you know, in the last year, year and a half, maybe this will push other hospitals and other neonatologists and to, you know, get a perinatal uh, hospice program started in their hospital if they don't already have one. We delivered our son uh, down at Northwestern with uh, Children's Lurie, Lurie's Children's Hospital, and they were fantastic there. The palliative care team, you know, couldn't have been any better. They worked with, they, they offered love and compassion from the second our, we were given our diagnosis, you know, abortion was on the table. We weren't going to go that route. We were going to go the other route and carry the baby to term and let, let the baby decide what, what's going to happen moving forward. And they, they worked with us all the way through the, the birth and, and the five days that we had our son and through his passing and grief and and they they really had a, such a beautiful positive spin for our situation. We had nurses coming in to visit us, you know, who, who had been working. Northwestern delivers fourteen thousand babies a year. These nurses had been working there fifteen twenty years, and they had never seen a baby with trisomy eighteen. They were coming in to basically see the baby, and and they were to see the baby, and they were surprised at how happy and joyful we were. And the baby brought us so much happiness and love and. I really think that the perception and how, how the narrative gets told right at the diagnosis, if you have a, a doctor who's going to say, you know, we have this option. These are options for you. What would you like? I think it's very empowering for a mother and a father and as well for their baby to have all the options on the table so they can be informed. Knowledge is power and informed, make an informed decisions based on what's offered to them. I, I feel sadly that Kate Cox wasn't given these options and here we are. You know, um, and it's, it's tragic. So I think that's kind of we're trying to change the landscape of the medical, you know, professionals in the field and the, the build relationships between doctors and gain exposure for patients and get, you know, the word out there that these are holistic options that in the long run are better for you, your, your partner, your husband, your, your children and, your, of course, your unborn baby. Well, Kira, is, that is totally key. That is so mm-hmm. key. Um, I did not have that kind of a diagnosis, but my middle child mm-hmm. was stillborn. Mm-hmm. And there were so many people that came in to our room mm-hmm. and were just mm-hmm. amazed at how we reacted and mm-hmm. how, you know, we all came together and they were, mm-hmm. they were so great. But there were, I had the same reaction where nurses were coming in, you know, but when our yeah. doctor told us, hey, there's no heartbeat. He reacted in a way that was so caring and loving that helped us on the journey to kind of push past that. There's so much vulnerability when you're pregnant. There's so much vulnerability in that moment when you have all these hopes and dreams and then you're Mm -hmm. told something that is earth shattering to be given the reaction from the medical community that this child there's it's doom and gloom. This child's going to die anyways. Mm-hmm. Let's, you know, they're, they're phrasing it in a way that sounds supposedly comp- compassionate, but really it's, Hey, um, this child's going to pass away anyways. Let's murder it. That That's like, how do you right. deal with that? That's so night and day from reality of what's actually happening instead of them. Like you're saying, hold your hand and walk you through this so that when everything's said and done, you don't have those regrets, the what ifs, 
you know, what if I did that? What if I did that? Right. You know, and I've seen, I've worked with a few mothers, um, you know, we've gotten this, our nonprofit up and running and I've worked with a few mothers already and just being in the communities of mothers that have gone through these situations, grief looks very different than grief with regret. And you just want to be able to, you know, have that as an option at the genetic, when the genetic counselor talks to you and then when the doctor talks to you, put it on the table and, and moving forward, it really will alter the way you even receive the diagnosis, receive the information and then have a positive plan moving forward you know, aligning yourself with nature and having that medical backup from all the professionals. We had, you know, a dear friend who had gone through the same situation, Maria Keller, help us with our, our, our son, Rory, when we had him along with several other people. And Dr. Heron Rodriguez was there when we were down at Northwestern helping us with our other our original team of, you know, OBGYNs and the palliative care team. And from the, the throughout the whole pregnancy, through the birth, and those five days we had him, we were in the hospital for three days, and we brought him home for two days with hospice care, a hospice program that came and visited us. You know, um, Dr. Henner down at the palliative care team at uh, Larry's Children orchestrated the whole thing from the, the second he was born. They wanted us to enjoy the time with the baby, and they took the stress out of everything. They organized the hospice program coming home. They followed up with their nurses and how to how to care for us and really just, you know, tweak our situation. So it was really as beautiful as it was. If this was offered, you know, I've done research on this and when, when, when mothers given these perinatal diagnoses are presented with perinatal hospice as an, as an option, 80% of them will choose that option. So that's kind of key here and critical. If we're going to kind of move towards changing how these diagnoses are given and, and options, this is how, this is how it's going to be done. You know, when, when given this option, 80% will choose it. That's, that's a staggering amount. And it's, it's, it's sad that women are not given this option. Kira, oftentimes, you know, doctors will will use uh, the, uh, the lingo, your baby is incompatible with life, uh, which Mm -hmm. oftentimes is nothing more than a code word for abortion. And uh, the reality is that sometimes they're wrong and, and the baby actually lives. Sure, they do. Many babies have lived. My baby lived for five days. There's babies that live weeks, months, years. Um, you know, if the baby's breathing and in the womb, the baby isn't incompatible with life, right? If the baby was in, if you, if the baby was incompatible with life, you would never have gotten pregnant with the baby. So the the pregnancy, right? Life begins at conception. We all know this, but that it's outside of the womb, they, they, there is a compatibility with life for many of these babies. And, um, you know, let the babies kind of show us their way and let them make the call and we kind of follow their lead. That's kind of our goal at Rory's Way. Well, I know that uh, on your website uh, of Rory's Way, you have some really, uh, you know, uplifting uh, personal stories um, that yes. can encourage uh, our listeners, anyone who uh, who reads them real quick. Uh, what is uh, the best way for our listeners uh, to plug in to your ministry, Rory's Way? Sure. Thanks so much. You can go to Rory'sWay.org, and it has um, you can you can contact us through the email portal there, and we have phone numbers. You can call us as well. And there are several different stories of mothers that have have gone through this already. We're building that network of parents who have gone through this to help other parents. It's going to be you know a snowball effect, building a relationships between people that have already gone through this. 
for current patients and with medical teams. So hoping this will get out there so mothers like Kate Cox and other other mothers in these situations right now, hopefully there's a doctor listening that might be, you know, um, called to start a perineal hospice program in his hospital or reach out to us and offer this as options to his uh, patients that have these diagnoses. And if there's any other patients that are in need of our help, um, please help us on our, uh, you know, website, roriesway.org, and we can connect you and offer our personal care and help and connect you with a perinatal hospice program in the area. Kira, keep up the much needed and so important work. Uh, really appreciate you uh, being with us to, to share your perspective. Uh, many yeah. blessings the rest of the way uh, in Advent and, and a Merry Christmas to you. Thanks. Thanks, John. Thanks, Sarah. Take care. Kara Burke, the founder of Rory's Way. We need to take a, a short time out when Morning Air continues. Uh, Curtis Martin, the founder of Focus, the Fellowship of Catholic University Students, will be with us to talk about the 25th anniversary of Focus and the upcoming Seek 24 conference in St. Louis. So stay with us. We're headed down the stretch of this Friday edition of Morning Air here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. I don't think you could ever say that, John. Oh, my goodness. It's so cute. I'm just enjoying listening to that. Let the little children come to me. What a great way to get us in the, the Christmas spirit. Welcome back to Morning Air. I'm John Morales, along with producer Sarah. Thanks so much for joining us on this Friday, the second week of Advent uh, here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. Can you believe it that there's only 10 more days until Christmas? Have you ever heard of Charles Dickens' uh, A Christmas Carol as a one-of-a-kind audio Advent calendar? From the Merry Beggars at Relevant Radio, uh, step into Charles Dickens' timeless classic in a whole new way, faithful to the original text and featuring world-class radio actors and top-notch theater-of-the-mind audio. You can subscribe online this morning. It's still not too late at adventwithscrooge.com to receive this free daily series in your inbox. That's adventwithscrooge.com. Dot com. I gotta tell you, John, I'm enjoying every single day. And hey, if you miss some, it's good because then you can binge a couple in a row. Exactly, you could binge the whole series if, if you if you haven't uh, uh, gotten involved uh, up to this point. A uh, quick reminder: you can always send us an email if you have anything on your mind, any thoughts, any story ideas, criticisms, uh, anything good you want to tell us. It's morningair at relevantradio.com, and you can find us on social media as well on X, formerly Twitter. Our handle is at morningairshow as well as on Facebook. Now, are you familiar with FOCUS, the Fellowship of Catholic University Students? This outstanding organization is celebrating their 25th anniversary. Listen to part of a video on the FOCUS website with the founder, Curtis Martin. Nearly 2,000 years ago, Jesus Christ started his public ministry. It's amazing to think of what the scriptures tell us. The scriptures tell us that for the joy set before him, Jesus endured the cross, the joy of the gospel, to be able to recognize that it was the joy, the joy of what? The joy of watching you and I come alive in Christ. That's what brought Jesus to his mission. But it's not just his mission. He's invited us to come on mission with him. 25 years ago, Focus stepped into that mission. And we've been blessed to be walking with Christ and in the heart of the church for all of those years. 
As we look back at the past 25 years, we're filled with gratitude to each of you. Thank you so much for walking with us. And at the same time, we also believe that 25 years is just a good start. It is indeed. In fact, coming up uh, January 1st through the 5th of uh, 2024, uh, Focus will be holding uh, the Seek 24 conference taking place in St. Louis, Missouri with thousands and thousands of people uh, seeking to hear the call and to live differently. This year's theme is Be the Light and Relevant Radio is one of the premier sponsors. In fact, uh, the Family Rosary Across America with our very own Father Rocky will be on hand to pray the rosary. So joining us live uh, for much more on Focus's 25th anniversary and the upcoming uh, Seek 24 conference is Curtis Martin himself, the founder of Focus, the Fellowship of Catholic University Students. Let me tell you real briefly about uh, Curtis. Uh, he's the author of the best-selling book, Made for More. He also serves as a consultant for the Pontifical Council for the Promotion of the New Evangelization. Curtis and his wife, Michael Ann, live in Colorado. They've been blessed with nine children and nine grandchildren so far. Good morning, Curtis. Happy Advent. Thanks so much uh, for being with us here this morning. It is a joy to be with you once again. John and Sarah, great to be with you. Congratulations on the 25th anniversary of Focus. Uh, This is uh, so special. Uh, What's it been like for you, uh, Curtis? It's been a great ride, John. I'll tell you, it's been amazing to watch you know, we could talk about numbers, and we probably will, but it's the stories. It's the people coming alive in Christ, people's lives, you know, taking a 180. I was a prodigal son or daughter, and now I've found the Father's mercy. And it's just been an amazing thing to watch. Our college campuses are filled with millions of young people who are looking for Jesus. They just don't necessarily know that they're looking for him. And our missionaries try to go out and connect with them. And as they do, great stuff happens. Oh, there's no question that the focus is is just doing just incredible work uh, for our, our church. Way more than there's time for us to talk all about it here, uh, here this morning. But you know, there's people out there who may have heard about Focus, but they they're they're not uh, you know super familiar with it. Uh, can you share uh, for those who uh, don't know about it what exactly is Focus and and why uh, you were inspired to found it back in 1998? Yeah, great. Thank you very much. We are an organization that takes young people who are alive in their faith, who have crisis become the central part of their lives. We send them out as missionaries, primarily back onto college campuses, mostly in the United States, although we're in Western Europe and Mexico. And we're also serving parishes. So just we're going to go out and be with people. And as people are, as young people are alive in their faith, they're living joy and, and uh, Thanksgiving. Other people are drawn to them. I was talking to a young gal. She said, I just, your people were the most amazing people I ever met, which was surprising because I wasn't a Christian. I was raised Buddhist. And uh, they, became, they, they befriended me. And by Christmas, I wanted to be a Catholic, and by Easter I was. So we're just watching people come to faith in Christ or come back to faith in Christ for those Catholics who drifted away. I want to open up our, our phone lines here this morning and uh, bring in our listeners. Uh, if you uh, have ever had the opportunity to attend a, a Sikh conference, or perhaps uh, you've actually been a Focus missionary, I'd love uh, t- to hear uh, your uh, testimony, your, your perspective. We're, we're talking uh, with Curtis Martin. We're taking your calls. Uh, he's the founder of Focus on our toll-free line, 888 914 914-914-914. 914 9149 but we only have Curtis for just a, a few more. 
installments here this morning. So if you want to jump in, please uh, don't wait till the very end. Uh, Curtis, did you ever in your wildest dreams ever imagine um, the, the growth and all the many blessings and accomplishments of, of focus here after 25 years? You know, John, it's a, it's a mixed bag that answers is tough to give because on one hand, of course not. There's no way that we could ever imagine what God was going to do. And at the same time, the model that we're implementing, that we like to say the method modeled by the master, actually leads to continual ongoing growth. Uh, one person goes out and, and shares the gospel of Jesus Christ with three or four or five people, and those three or four or five do the same. And so we, we did sit back 25 years ago and say, you know what? If everything went well, we could reach hundreds of thousands of people. And by the grace of God, we've been able to uh, watch God do that through us. You you have uh, nearly a, a thousand missionaries, tens of thousands of brothers and sisters that have been uh, truly transformed uh, uh, day in and day out. Would you say that love uh, is what keeps your mission going, uh, not, not just today, but uh, you know down the road? Yeah, love is certainly it. That's the, both the fulfillment of all the virtues. But I would say in particular, it's both grace and joy. People want to have joy. No matter what they're doing, everybody is pursuing joy. They can't find it. And I would argue, and this is our argument, not in words, but in our way we live, that joy, by living joy, you can attract people who even radically disagree with the church to reconsider their thoughts. And so it's been wonderful to watch grace and joy and love. Okay, you're you're blessed to have nine children and uh, nine grandchildren so far. Uh, and, uh, on the way. <laughs> and, and another one on the way. Yeah. Oh, congratulations! That's awesome to to hear. Um, tell me, have any of them been in, involved uh, with with Focus? Have they uh, become Focus graduates? Yeah, no, we have uh, three of our nine are uh, active full-time missionaries, and uh, we have we have eight boys and one daughter. The one daughter's husband, our son-in-law, is also full-time with Focus, so it's become a family effort. Wow, that, that is outstanding. Um, I have been extremely uh, blessed uh, to uh, attend SEEK uh, conferences in the past. I believe I went to, to, I was in Nashville back in 2015. It's an experience that I will never forget. Was there promoting my then uh, The 40 film. Uh, but it was just so uplifting and so expiring, uh, inspiring uh, to see all those young people, just thousands and thousands of them uh, on fire for, for Christ. Uh, for those who are not familiar with uh, the SEEK conferences, Conferences. Can you can you tell us about Seek in general and specifically this upcoming Seek Twenty Four? No, oh, thank you, John, and I hope we can get you and Sarah back there before too long. It's uh, it really amazing. So we'll be in St. Louis uh, January first through fifth. It's a very inconvenient time for families, but it's a time to get college students together. We'll be gathered by the tens of thousands, uh, dozens and dozens of bishops, hundreds of priests, hundreds of seminarians, hundreds of religious brothers and sisters. Uh, I was described to me one time by a friend as, you know, this is the way the church should look all the time. And I'll tell you, in a world where there's lots of reasons for discouragement, if you're near St. Louis, you want to come even for a single night, join us uh, at, in St. Louis at SEEK. Uh, the information is there at focus.org, and we'd love to have people join us there. We're still signing people up. It's past registration, but we're doing late registrations now. It's it's so exciting. I, the image that is in my mind as as you're speaking was uh, at the time uh, you had at least a hundred young people up on the stage representing every single uh, college across America involved with Focus, and to see them all together as one at the time uh, was very inspiring. I'm sure th those numbers have grown quite a bit. 
They've more than doubled, John. It's been wonderful to watch. Again, you know, this method that Jesus gave us of, of raising up apostles who would go out and raise up other disciples, who would raise up other disciples, this is what we're trying to live. We believe it's the Catholic way of evangelization, and it's been wonderful to watch. To start with two part-time missionaries, now we have over 1,200 full-time missionaries. It's just exciting to see. It, it really, really is. Uh, what, what excites you the most uh, uh, about SEEK, and especially this upcoming one? You know, I would say that reaching the men and women. Men and women, as we all know, are different but complementary. And uh, it's been wonderful to watch young men and young women coming to Christ, uh, embracing Him, and living radically for Him. I mean, to, to, to sit back and say, I would embrace religious life, or, or I would the priesthood. Or let's be honest, Catholic marriage, that's a crazy road. I've been married for 34 years. It's been the joy of my life after Jesus. My, my love is Michael Ann. Uh, but it's not easy. And to be able to sit back and say, what are we going to do? And to watch people. We were last night, we were with dozens of former Focus staff members who are now raising kids of their own at a, at a, a Catholic school concert. It's just amazing to watch. And so I, the changed lives are the most important thing for me. Now, one of the things that I found really, really interesting is that you're going to be uh, in the same town there in St. Louis uh, where uh, Pope St. John Paul II came back in 1999 and just uh, lit the town on fire. How special is that? It's so special. The chair that he sat in is still backstage. Uh, I had pictures last year with my eight-year-old son sitting in the same chair with with the Pope. It's amazing. This is also the place where the St. Louis Rams used to play football and to fill a stadium with Catholics and to be able to worship. I mean, on on the third night, we're going to have adoration and there'll be tens of thousands of people on their knees in a former football stadium uh, before the Lord. And thousands of people will have the opportunity to go to confession. We'll have hundreds of priests here in confession. It's been described as Disney World without the rides at the end, people waiting in lines back and forth, back and forth to be able to talk to a priest and go to confession. Really an extraordinary moment in many, many people's lives. John is joining us this morning from Encinitas, California, up and early on the West Coast. Uh, John, welcome to Morning Air. You're on with Curtis Martin, uh, the founder of Focus. Praise be Jesus Christ. Um, a friend of mine, Gerard Dalez from France, introduced me to a group called Focolari which in, uh, you know, French, Latin is the focus. And Focolari focused on Jesus as the heart, the heart of us all. And um, so it's so similar. And uh, to reach out to people as souls, as people that belong to Christ, and must we must help them in the mission of bringing Christ into them and into the world. Amen. Thank you so much, Curtis. Praise be Jesus Christ. Now and forever, John, thanks so much. Folklore is doing great work. That is outstanding. Um, Curtis, I'm really excited about your speakers and uh, some of the different topics uh, that will be happening at this upcoming uh, Seek 24 conference. In fact, a number of them are good friends of Relevant Radio and, and, and Morning Air. I'm sure they are. Father Mike Schmitz and uh, Ted Sree. we are so blessed. We've got some of the best speakers uh, in the Catholic Church it's a, an amazing thing. There'll be opportunities for Mass. It's, it's a wonderful thing to go to a Mass and watch hundreds of priests process in. I always tell people, just don't look back. Keep looking forward as they come in. You'll be overwhelmed. But then the great speakers, and they, there will be mainstay speakers, hundred, uh, dozens and dozens of breakout sessions, and those breakout sessions will have thousands of people in them each. And uh, this is the, uh, the best time, I really think, in the history of the world 
to be a practicing Catholic because we've got people who can articulate the Catholic faith. Scott Hahn, a mentor of mine, will be there. Uh, and, and we've got so many people who are going to be doing great jobs, great music. Uh, and so it, we're, we're going to be celebrating how great it is to be followers of Jesus Christ for five days right at the beginning of the year. We'd love to have anybody who's listening join us, and it will be streaming online as well. And uh, one of your outstanding speaker, uh, speakers is uh, Bishop Andrew Cousins, uh, who I'm sure will be talking about uh, the Eucharistic Revival and, uh, and next year's uh, Eucharistic Congress. No, we're excited to have Bishop Cousins there. He's a dear friend. Uh, I've been serving on the Committee for the Bishops for Evangelization that he's been chairing, and he'll be there. In fact, the Eucharistic Revival is one of the, the day sponsors, so five days, and each day has a sponsor. And the Eucharistic Revival will be sponsoring one of the five days, Relevant Radio also. Uh, and so we're thrilled to be surrounded by great friends, uh, and we really want to encourage everybody. This summer, we'll be gathering for the Eucharistic Congress uh, in Indianapolis, and we really want to encourage people, please join us there, because SEEK is going to be amazing. It'll be 20,000 people, but the Eucharistic Congress might be met, you know, four or five times that size as people join us with the bishops around the Eucharist. Be the Light uh, is the theme uh, on, on your website for this upcoming SEEK uh, uh, 24 uh, Congress. Can you talk a little bit about how focus is the light, bringing the light of our Lord Jesus Christ uh, to young people in particular? Yeah, I mean, we are the light in the sense that we're the moon. Jesus is the real light. We just reflect his light. And our hope is to draw people to Christ. A few years ago, Jim Caviezel came out unexpectedly. I mean, we knew he was going to be there, but the students didn't. And uh, everybody grew us to their feet. Oh, my goodness, it's the guy that played Jesus in the movie. And, and the next night, the Eucharist came out, and everybody fell to their knees. And I got a chance to speak the night after that. And I said, it's so great that when a guy that looks like Jesus but isn't shows up, everybody stands up. And the next night, when the Eucharist, which doesn't look like Jesus but really is, you all fall to your knees. You know the difference. And this is where we're calling people to conversion in Christ. We'd love to have you join us. If you can't join us, please pray for us. Absolutely. And for much more, visit focus.org. Curtis, uh, it has been a joy. Thank you so much for being with us. Uh, a very blessed Advent the rest of the way, and Merry Christmas, and uh, many blessings with the Seek 24 conference. Thanks, John. You're doing great work. Great to be with you and your listeners. Thank you, brother. Curtis Martin, the founder of Focus, the Fellowship of Catholic University Students. And now it's time for another edition of Glenn Story Corner. Our story today is called Who Started This Christmas Stuff? A woman was out Christmas shopping with her two small children. After many hours of looking at row after row of toys and everything else imaginable, and after hours of hearing both children asking for everything they saw on those many shelves, they finally made it to the elevator with the kids in tow and her arms loaded with her purchases. She was feeling what so many feel during the holiday season. She was overwhelmed with the pressures to go to every party, every housewarming, taste all of the holiday foods and treats, get that perfect gift for every single person on her shopping list. She had to make sure she didn't forget anyone on her card lists, and the pressure of being sure she responded to everyone who sent her a card was almost more than she could bear. Finally, the elevator door was opened. There was already a crowd in the elevator, but she pushed her way into the car, dragging her two kids and all the bags of stuff in with her. When the doors closed, she couldn't take it anymore and stated, whoever started this whole Christmas thing should be found, strung up, and shot. From the back of the car, everyone heard a quiet, calm voice respond, Don't worry, we already crucified him. For the rest of the trip down, the elevator was so quiet you could have heard a pin drop. Don't forget this year to keep the one who started this whole Christmas thing in your every thought 
deed, purchase, and word. If we all did it, just think of how different this whole world would be. John 10.10, I came that they might have life and might have it abundantly. And of course, our thanks to Glenn, who is on his way to the Relevant Radio Christmas party tonight. Now, during the rest of this Advent season, join Father Rocky and Maggie for the Family Rosary Across America with all of your prayers and petitions live at 7 p.m. Central tonight and every night of the week. You can pray and watch it on Relevant Radio, relevantradio.com, and the Relevant Radio app. That'll do it for this uh, edition of Morning Air for uh, Glenn Leverance, producer Sarah Tafoya, Gabby Burke, young uh, Thomas Engeser, our entire Morning Air team. I'm John Morales. Thank you so much uh, for joining us. Let your light shine before all. God bless America. Have a great weekend. We'll see you Monday on the next edition of Morning Air. Jesus, I trust in you. The Patrick Madrid Show is straight ahead. <laughs>